and welcome back to another episode of 52 and 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today's episode is about 20th century women. Um, so Josh is joining me today. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing well. And how are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. So I, I know you saw this movie a little bit uh, long ago. I just saw it today. Uh, when, when did you see it? Like a week ago, two weeks ago? Yeah, I saw it like a Saturday before last. So that means you got to so do like 10 days or so. So since it's not so fresh for me, that means you got to do all the heavy lifting and break down this movie and everything about it. <laughs> okay, well, we'll start by saying that it's uh, written and directed by a guy named Mike Mills who's uh, had a couple other movies. This is his second, I guess, more popular movie. Uh, the other one, I haven't seen it. Josh has seen it. It's called Beginners, uh, I think you said, Josh? Yeah, from 2010. Okay, uh, so this movie obviously is 2016 slash 2017, um, and uh, you know I'm just trying to th- give you a synopsis about it. But to be honest, I really don't know how to explain it uh, because to me nothing really happens in this movie, and I kind of fucking hated it. Um, I don't know, Josh. What did you think? Did you like this movie? I did like it, but I think it. Uh I didn't come out of it quite on the high that I was hoping to. Like I like a lot of the people involved. I really like beginners, and I, I don't mind movies where uh, not a lot happens, but I, get, I just couldn't help but I think comparing it to beginners, and they're both autobiographical movies for the director. Beginners is, is about his dad, whereas this is more about his mom, and beginners is uh, a movie where the main character – uh, main, main character main character is played by Ewan McGregor, and his dad his dad comes out as gay when he's like seventy two years old, and in like and then within a within like a couple years of coming out and really like discovering himself and having a great new life gets diagnosed with cancer, and then he dies. But the movie follows him, and that's not even a spoiler. It, it like because the movie follows that timeline where he's hanging out with his dad, and but then also it jumps ahead to like six months after he dies, and the Ewan McGregor character meets a woman played by Melanie Laurent at a party and they begin a relationship and it's kind of about like it goes back and forth between the timeline where he's reconnecting with his dad and then this time after where he's like trying to start a relationship with her but is like so affected by what happened with his dad because like his dad coming out and like kind of finding himself like gave them a new relationship and then it's like just as he's found a lot of value in that it's pulled away from him and then he's like trying to commit to this woman and that might not sound like the most exciting thing in the world but it actually really is really interesting because the performances are good, and it gives you like something more, I think, more tangible to hold on to than this movie does. Because like at least I explained like a specific thing that happens there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, there. Yeah, there is no uh, conflict resolution, et cetera, in this movie for like, anything like linear to actually like happen or progress. To me, I mean, I mean it, it goes in <clears throat> chronological order, but at the I feel like the ending penultimate scene that I'm not. I mean, don't need to really spoil it to say anything, but it takes place at a motel, and I don't really think it is is. Uh, I don't think it's as powerful as the movie wants it to be and yeah honestly i don't even know what scene you're talking about and i saw it today so (laughs) definitely wasn't uh powerful okay i got you but we. i mean i know what scene you're i think i know what you're talking about but i wouldn't have have thought that it would mean more than other scenes but basically like i thought that like that they're trying to like they, they felt like they were building towards something i don't think the movie thinks it has like some really big plot we should say that it follows it's like uh I guess kind of a coming-of-age story, kind of a story about feminism in the late 1970s, but it follows this kid, uh, 
played by Lucas. Uh, what's his name? Lucas Jade Zuman. Zuman. So he's yeah. a newcomer, surrounded by a bunch of more established people, and his mom's played by Annette Benning, and she's kind of like a hippity dippity woman that runs a. Um, <laughs> it's a hippity dippity man. <laughs> who, who runs like a. a a, not even, not even a, a, like a boarding a house. Boarding house, yeah. For, um, ex, or I guess it's a house, but it's just like as a way for extra income. She rents it out to people. One of who's played by Billy Crudup, who does definitely plays like a hippie that hasn't left the '60s totally. And uh, Greta Gerwig, who is playing someone who's like 25 years old. She's a little bit older than that, so I don't know if she necessarily would have been someone that was like of the '60s, but definitely is a um, someone getting involved in the punk rock scene, and obviously also pretty liberal progressive feminist in her own right and Elle fanning who plays a neighborhood girl that's really good friends with the main character whose whose name is jamie and he's uh really like in love with her and she's just kind of like yeah we're, we're friends whatever and uh <laughs> the mom the mom uh tries to get the uh Elle fanning character and the greta gerwig character to help raise him because she his dad hasn't really been in the picture and she feels like well i can just get women to raise him and he'll be fine and it's kind of about that, but it doesn't really totally stick to that either. And I guess that's kind of what you're getting at when you're saying you're not really sure if anything happened and you're trying to get what the point was. Yeah, yeah. I just um, – I, I don't know. Uh, nothing – There, there's like not a label, like a genre for this movie, and that's like okay sometimes. But I guess I just I'm, – I'm failing to understand sort of like – because this movie is very well-reviewed critically, though it didn't really get as many – uh, nominations as uh, people had thought it was going to get uh, oh, for the for Academy Awards. Um, and I don't know. And uh, I guess I hate to break it to you, Josh, but this sort of confirmed my final opinion. I fucking hate Elle Fanning too. Really? I'm, I'm very out on her. Okay. Um, this sort of reminded me of like a Cameron Crowe mixed with fucking Linklater, just like philosophical pointless garbage kind of (laughs) screenplay um because like every character is like too just like too smart to be stupid and too stupid to be smart and so there's nothing like really interesting about them like everyone is so like put together and like they're like falling apartness is like so fake to me like their their problems like nothing really happens to any of them there's no like well i mean one of them does have a cancer scare and uh I mean, that's a real problem. Yeah, and she's but, the best character. For, for, for the sure. most part, it's a white people's problem movie, for sure. It is, but it, it but it just doesn't. I, I I don't know. There's just like no. There's nothing for me to care about during the movie. I thought the kid was really good, and I liked him. Um, I liked Greta Gerwig's performance. Her character was. Uh, I don't know. Everyone just sort of seems like generic, but. But, like, I couldn't tell you another movie where I've seen them, but if you had said, like, 1979, Southern California, Hippies, I don't know. It just didn't really do anything for me. Well, it's funny you mentioned Cameron Crowe because, in a way, people have compared it to Almost Famous, even though this is, like, far more about the mom-kid relationship than that movie is. I think it obviously looks pretty similar. (laughs) I know Almost Famous takes place after this in, like, the real world, but this is... No, how no, I no. imagine. Almost famous is early seventies, I think. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, this feels like what Billy Crudup does once he quits the band. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can so see that. That's what it feels like to me. I guess I was. I guess it came out in like what, like nineteen ninety something. Almost famous so, is two thousand. 
Yeah. Okay. That's why. I, that's what I was thinking of. But yeah, it's set, um, set in the early seventies. Um, seventy three. It just feels like he like he's just sort of this guy who was in a rock band and now he just like hangs out and he doesn't have anything to do and he took up pottery and he lives in this old lady's house. Like spiritually, like this is like a sequel. I I, uh, I, I could see that happening. I I don't know. I I guess I just. I enjoyed all the individual parts more than you. I think I, I do. I, I think that is part of what, uh, part of what bothered me about it and maybe just made it. So I didn't connect with it as much as I do with beginners. Cause like you said, it, the problems don't feel as pressing and as moving. I, I guess they could have tried to make it a little bit more about the socialist use of the time and how these people reacted to it as opposed to just these people's really personal problems. Cause like I, I really didn't care that like I, I liked Ellen it more than you, and we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on her merits as an actress. But I didn't like that story that much. It's like no, that, it was, that, but that, it was so prototypical. That's something, of like, we've, that's something we've seen like a million times in movies. Like boy likes girl, girl doesn't like him back. Maybe they become close at the end. Maybe they don't, and it's just whatever, you know. And they spent a yeah. lot of time on that, and I just don't really think it earned it, it, it earned that screen. It didn't have a unique enough spin to really be deserving of that screen time. Yeah, it didn't have a unique spin, and it didn't have any payoff to it to me. Like, what's the payoff? I mean, I you, like you you've seen it more recently than me now. Like, I thought that it was just like, um, all right, I, I this this movie isn't deserving of like a, a spoiler section because no, it's just not that not. kind of. Spe- so I just say it's like at the end, it's like coming down to oh my god, is he going to sleep with her? And he's trying to convince her. I'm like, I, I'm not like the other guys. I'm not like the other guys. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, whatever you are. And and then it's like okay, movie over, kind of, you know. Okay, but here's the thing that if she had slept with him, it would have made no fucking sense because the whole time she's like, yeah, I don't want to fuck you. I don't want to fuck you. And then he's just like, you can't sleep here if you just want to talk. And <laughs> oh, it's just like, her. it's just like, wait, wait, now she wants to have sex with him. Like th- this is the stupidest shit. And they're like supposed to be 15 and 17. So yeah. it's like, I, I just, I just don't like, care. Like, I feel like the movie almost wanted me to like feel bad for him. That like, he's like this 15 year old. Yeah, but why would I feel be, bad yeah, exactly. for him? It's like not why, having why, sex why, with a seventeen-year-old. He, he's a fifteen-year-old that really doesn't have like there's nothing especially impressive about him as a person. And, and why am I supposed to be bad that an attractive two girl two years older than him doesn't want to sleep with him? Like boo hoo! Like it's not like I felt like it was supposed to like I don't know if the movie actually wanted me to feel sorry for him, but like it wanted me to make him feel like it was a bigger moment than it was when it's just like so what like a, a attractive 17 year old didn't want to hook up with the whatever the average looking 15 year old like it's not like a i don't know it didn't really evoke any kind of feeling out of me it's just like all right yeah that's not surprising you know and their relationship doesn't like i'm thinking of like the way way back and about how that relationship with like the neighbor at the beach house with the girl and him yeah i didn't, and it's, I, I didn't like the kid in that movie i like that movie i didn't like the kid though i thought he was good okay but um, like that relationship is so much more interesting than the relationship in this movie. And I feel like it shouldn't be because this movie tries so hard to be interesting, <laughs> but it just doesn't. The thing is, is, is weird is like him, like having hissy fit about this girl is like so out of character for him because the rest of the movie, he's like pretty smart and pretty like perceptive about life, and perceptive about for, women, yeah. especially. And he's like giving all these things, I, I think they're sort of trying to frame him as like uh, – I, I guess they're both trying to frame him as you don't need a man to grow up to be a man, which they literally explicitly say in the movie. And then two, just sort of like give a perspective uh, – try to like teach a man perspective about women, which is sort of like topical today but 
super uninteresting in the way it was done in this movie. I mean, I like the other stuff. Um, I, I'm, but it, but I'm, what I'm saying is that him being obsessed with hers and like his words and actions are like out of character yeah, with no, the rest no, no. of yeah, his. Yeah, yeah, because because you, you you do like because I think we both agree. It sounds like we agree that Greta Gerwig's the most impressive part of the film. Yeah, and I enjoyed like the. I mean, she she is based on his older sister. I because I listened to an interview with it, uh, Mike Mills. Mike did with, Mills' older sister. Yeah, yeah. I, I based okay. I listened to an interview he did with Sean Fantasy of the Ringer the other day, and she she's based on his older sister. Whereas the Elf Fanning character is just based on a bunch of women he knew and others that he interviewed. And so, like, I guess that is coming from a more personal place, and maybe that's why it rings a little more true and feels more authentic than all the stuff with the Elf Fanning character, and. So I enjoyed all that stuff, and I I enjoyed the stuff with like I enjoyed the stuff with his mom, and I thought Annette Benning was good, but and the stuff where like she kind of got surprised and almost like a little put off, where he was like becoming even more liberal than her. Like I thought that was kind of funny, but like you're right, it's like he does do a good enough job as for as an actor of uh, which is weird material that you don't see handled that often yeah. in movies, like a 15 year old boy becoming a feminist in a way, learning about pleasuring a woman and uh talking so openly about it is not exactly something that you see that many how many f- times can you think of like a 15 year old actor talk about that you can think of shows where young actors talk about wanting to hook up with girls and stuff but not talking about it in that way so the fact that he's able to do that in a convincing manner is pretty impressive but it, like you said and him act, it's just weird that the movie writes him in a way where he's just not kind of seeming to get it when he's actually interacting with a girl kind of his own age yeah, and and that's sort of the problem I have with, I think with the writing. Uh, when I when I said it was like people are too smart and too stupid at the same time. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, now, it's now like he's so mature for like a fifteen year old in a movie, but it's it's like none of the performances really feel that authentic. It's like he's like reading these. It to me, he's just like reading these lines that these older people have written, and he. I guess I'm just not really convinced that this like 15 year old is that like philosophical or this 17 year old is that like everyone is so fucking philosophical at all times. And it's just frustrating because nobody's like that all the time. Like almost every scene is like that to me. And and uh, and the stuff with him and his mom is supposed to be, I guess, the main point and like the sort of like resolution but they really don't even discuss it or have it sort of reminds me of la la land where it's like they make one reference to like this is the thing that's like between us but then nothing like that's it they just reference it and there's no payoff or or depth into it that that is one thing i will give you is that they keep mentioning what are we doing what do you make of all this right they keep, she keeps saying something like what are we gonna do like I, I, what's going on with you? Like about yes. like say, there's some intangible thing. What's going on with you? You never talk to me. It's like, but like, and then but, but, but it's just like he's like a 15 year old kid that like goes goes away and does stupid shit with his friends. Like, I I do think they probably could have done a slightly better job of articulating exactly what she thought was wrong with him because he didn't. But the seem thing like, is, he's not even that. He's not like he's a bad kid or anything. He like did one thing where she, he had to go to the ER and she was pissed and then like. He does. He's there every morning, doing right. stocks with her, eating breakfast, eating dinner. No, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it seems pretty. It, it doesn't seem like he's that much different from like an average 15 year old kid. Like, yeah, he didn't. He grew up without a dad, but like, he's not like showing a lot of really bad side effects of that. Yeah, and that's so. what I'm saying. It seems like she's just super overreacting to nothing. She's like, I need you guys to help raise him, and it's like, what the fuck has he done for you to be like so like worried about him being raised? He's fine. He just like. 
every indication we get is he's like fine. He's not depressed. He's not like the happiest person. He's just like going along with life. And I, I, I guess I just got very confused at like why they pushed us so hard for Annette Benning to worry so much about him. Yeah, that's a good point. Like I, I, like I said, I hadn't seen the movie in a week and a half, and now I am remembering that I was a little like, what are they, what are they referring to? What is this thing they keep referring to? I did think about that, but I guess, um, I don't know. I think, I think, I don't know. Maybe now that you're refreshing my memory a little bit, it's you're putting it in a different light for me, and the <laughs> script might not be quite as strong as I remembered. Like I did leave it still thinking, like I said, I like beginners better, but. I think I just like maybe enjoyed the individual performances a little bit more than you. So, and I enjoyed the stuff with Greta Gerwig a lot. And like, I, 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 I just, I guess that, that might've been just part of it was I just enjoyed seeing her do something different. Uh, we talked about Greta. it. Yeah. I, I talked about yeah, it with, she's with, good. With, with, with Hannah on the, on the Jackie podcast. Cause like in most of her movies, she just kind of plays a different version of the same person and it's very enjoyable, but it's still like, cool to see her do something different because she did something different in jackie but it was a very uh, a much smaller part than what she has here and here's crud up in jackie too yeah he's it's funny he's on the other side he's he plays a reporter that's interviewing uh jackie and and one like one part of the movie like it kind of goes back to it and he's he's actually really good uh so it's kind of funny they're both in that both in this and uh but yeah i I think i just really enjoyed every every time she was on screen a lot and i still uh I still like L more than you, even if now that the more I think about it, the more that stuff didn't really work for me in the movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 I, I wish it, I wish the mo- nomination. If this movie was going to get one Oscar nomination, I I really do wish it had been for supporting actress instead of screenplay. I think now that we can yeah, I, I really don't like the the thing is I think that the content is okay like generally, um, but you know what? I really fucking hated the storytelling. And I don't know if that was what you were describing in Beginners, but it was it it, it just didn't make any sense well, to me that they all like of a sudden had like narrators and okay, well that that, and, that didn't catch me off guard because he uses that same device in Beginners. Is and, it as fucking annoying as it is in this movie? Well, it didn't bother me as much because I was uh, in Beginners. It was just like, whoa, this is weird because it's not like your typical voiceover narration thing you see like in a lot of movies these days that sure. always bugs the hell out of me because it's telling you information that like. It's not just explaining exactly what is happening on the screen. It's telling you about stuff that's happening in the future or in the past. So, like, as opposed to just like having a, it's a, it's a different way of conveying that information as opposed to like very blatantly writing in some kind of expository dialogue between the characters. So that's a little different. And I, so I respect that it's not just like them telling you exactly what's going to happen before they show it acted out. So I think it's different than your typical. Uh, than your typical voiceover, but in Beginners, it's even a little more weird because there's an art component to it, which, I mean, I don't know shit about art, but the <laughs> the, the character in that, uh, um, he is an artist, and it talks, like, it's weird in the way, I think it talks about some of his, it might not even be some of his drawings, but it's, it just puts a drawing on the screen, it's like, this is a dog. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you're like that, and I was like, this is weird, but it's not like, the, the kind of voiceover that the voiceover sure. that kind of always bugs me. I mean, it's it's distracting because it's just a little disorienting if you've never seen a movie before, like of his. But like because I was used to that from seeing Beginners in the last few months, like it didn't throw me off here. But I can see why that would have bothered you if uh, you had no context for it. But the thing is, Beginner seems like there's a plot and there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? And there's progression for characters. In this movie, it like it's not. You said he sort of McMill sort of wrote it as like a uh, sort of autobiography, a la Cameron Crowe type thing, right? 
Yeah, except but, um, the, the the funny thing is, like he he actually his dad was around growing up, so he made that whole kid without a dad sure. thing up. Okay, so that, but yes, it is autobiographical. Okay, so so but the thing is, like, it's not a biopic, so I just I just don't understand why we had uh, Annette Benning tell us ten fucking times, "I die twenty years later." Like, we don't see it, we don't see how it affects the kid. It doesn't have any value to the present. I just don't understand why we kept going, uh, Billy Crudup, I moved out and I married this chick and then I got divorced and then I met another girl. It's like, but I just don't understand if that, that's not an, ex, that's not a, a way to excuse telling the story. Like you, that's not a way to tell a progression of characters or show progression of characters to just like the, finally I met Annette Benning met someone in 1983 and was dating him for 16 years until she died. Like, that doesn't mean I, anything to I, I, me well, I mean, in the context of the movie. Sure, but I don't, I don't think that's like supposed to be character development for you. I think it's just hear what these people are going through at this point, and you're seeing the actions that they're taking in their life, and where it leads them. Here's where it leads them. You're not having. I don't. I don't think it's like really part of the story. Story, but there's not that there's a much a lot of story to be. But then it's with. just it's just uninteresting if you're just telling well, okay, me. Okay, that's fine if it didn't interest you. Yeah, I just don't. I, I wouldn't say he was trying to use that as a uh, storytelling Substitute, character development sure. device. I think it's just like a, a thing he's doing to, to that's a little different from what other movies do, and it's just a thing he likes to do. Um, it, it is much different in Beginners. They do that still kind of this is what happens in the future thing a little bit, but it, it's a little bit more within the story and like where he's saying my dad dies in four years, and it's like, well, part of the story is told after that, so it is yeah. kind of part of it. But like they do it in that voiceover way. But I, mean, I can see why someone would just like if they probably didn't make you care enough about these characters to begin with. If that didn't work with you, maybe. Um, I just, I, I just, I think to me, I don't know how you felt. I think the movie was too long. So just having this uh, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes of dialogue or narration that didn't add to the movie for me or add to the present. Just it, it bothered me to the point where I started getting like more angry. Like, can we just move on to the next scene or or something like that? So I don't know. I, I found the characters interesting enough that I didn't mind. Like, yeah, I, I did feel like they said that I mean, Benning died in 1999 like seven times, and uh, so like yeah, that might have been a well they went back to one or two too many times. I don't mind them doing this. Let's see what's happening in the future thing. But I, I also do agree it felt a little too long, which is weird that we've been saying that a lot lately because you, we, last year I felt like we were – Too short. 2015 yeah. or – 2015? Yeah, I guess in 2015 we were, we were kind of the opposite on it. And we, we were always like, oh, this could have been longer. It could have just added this. And it's like I feel like you could have just – you could have cut out – maybe cut out some of the flash forward stuff. Like I said, didn't bother me as much. But also like there is a lot of the stuff you could have uh, cut out with the him and L and – I don't know. I, 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 some of the stuff I we didn't really talk about. Some of the stuff with like the mom uh, with Annette Benning going to the club and stuff like that. Like that mm-hmm. was kind of interesting. Where she she definitely had seen herself as being a little bit more hip and with the times, and uh, then yeah. finds herself out of her element and stuff. So that was something we didn't talk about, which like I was fine with. I'm trying to think of what other stuff I could have done without because like it did. Like I agree, it definitely felt a little long. I'm trying to think of what other stuff felt really extraneous. Um, and maybe it was just like some of those scenes where it's like her just arguing with the kid, but I feel like it feels weird to say that's what you could have done without because that was probably the story he cared the most about telling. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Is that if you have these ex- if you have this time where you're just narrating the future, but you're not showing it to us, and it doesn't have an effect on the present 
like minds of the characters. I, I would have much preferred them explore whether Jamie was like suffering because he didn't have a male uh, father figure in his life or or explained like why Annette Benning like he reads Jamie reads her this book, this like passage from this book. And it's like, wow, that seems like it describes her. And then she's like, you think that describes me? Da, 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 scene over, never refer to it again. And it's just like, I don't know. Well, I guess, yeah, that, that was – she was maybe kind of offended that like she, he thought he could read one book about feminism and then just like uh, – Understand women, sure. Understand – or under, not even just that but just like that that would explain his mom and she's not really any more complicated than that. Yeah, that's kind of what maybe made her a little upset. Sure, which is fine, but then then she just gets over it. You know what I mean? Like, there's no like, it doesn't really feel like there's any conflict resolution in the movie. And when there's no conflict, it's not very interesting. But then we have a movie like uh, Linklater's last movie, whatever it's called. What's that movie called? Everybody wants some. Yeah, where there's no plot and you're just hanging out and and it's way more fun. Than this movie. This movie really didn't make me laugh as much as I think it wanted me to. Yeah, one of my top ten favorite movies of 2015, which uh, you still haven't watched, is Magic Mike XXL, which I think is one of my probably my go-to example for a movie that just keeps you absolutely engaged throughout, but yet has absolutely no conflict. And uh, I, I, I think that there's like, while well, yeah, maybe you're not having to dig as deep to tell a really traditional story in an interesting way like in a way that's just as hard to keep like to keep the audience engaged and entertained in some way and here like yeah there are other like small conflicts that come up and but some of them are more interesting than others but like i think the uh, maybe that what we're getting at here is that just the main one they wanted to tell here was about was weak. Uh, was a mom yeah. and a kid. We're 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 sitting here, both having seen the movie, not exactly sure what that conflict was. Um, there's a little bit about this stuff with her being a little uncomfortable with him getting so into feminism, but I don't think that really explains what they kept this intangible thing they kept referring to throughout the movie. You know, and yeah, it just didn't seem like there was a progression of their relationship from point A to point Z. And then it's like, what's the point if they're still not going to talk? Yeah, like if you're not going to. I guess if you if you're not going to uh if you if you're not going to have that be something more well defined it does have to be a little more fun and I guess I just envisioned a more fun movie going into it having all these people that I liked and yeah like I said it had some interesting parts but it could I feel like in that setting like they could have done more with it like those party scenes were fine but I didn't hate um, the party scenes. I thought they were interesting as sort of like his mom is surrounding herself with all these people to sort of like just, you know, have people focus attention on her and have people sort of see like, oh, like she's fun. She's OK without really diving into like her being depressed or lonely or anything for like like the picture she presents to the world. Right. But her kid is like, hey, you seem lonely. You seem depressed, whatever. <laughs> right. It's like a, a contrast. But then. The whole movie is just these fucking existential questions rather than question, answer, progression, what do you think about it, right? And 
you know, sometimes it's okay for a director or a writer to sort of pose open-ended questions or sort of let the audience interpret things. But this is more of like <laughs> Matthew McConaughey on drugs and Dazed and Confused just saying shit without getting any answers back to me. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I agree. And I think instead of instead of having to get hang out and be all philosophical like that, I guess what I like what you're, you're kind of getting at is I was more expecting to see spend more time with characters being thrown into those types of situations, which is just more exciting than having them sit around and talk about stuff in a way that which really wasn't that interesting. Like, like throw him like that. That was interesting to see what happened when Greta Gerwig took each of them out to the club. And yeah, I like that. That maybe, was fine. Maybe it's just like those scenes could have been twice as long or something, and some of the other stuff would have just been could have been cut out a little bit, and it just would have been. Yeah. it would have had more of that fun we're talking about, and less of the would sit around and talk about life. You know. Yeah, it, and the thing is, like, everyone is almost like too hip, too, right? Like Annette Bening is sort of like the stereotypical like. 2016 2017 like mom that just like wants to be friends with their kid and like sort of you know goes out to the club with them whatever whatever but then if she's never really acting like a mom then it just is kind of boring because every time she hears something or sees something she's just like okay with it you know what i mean and greta gerberg tells her this thing when they go out and she's like you're not mad and Annette bending is like oh no it's it's cool i'm just sad because you get to see him in ways I can't see him. And it's like, okay, this is interesting for a mom to say that or feel that way. And then she looks at a picture cutscene and it's just like, just like give me some kind of depth to these emotions instead of just literally explicitly like telling me these emotions and then moving on. It's just, it's just not interesting to me, which is why I think that I might be able to concede that it's a good movie or people will like it. I just fucking hated it. Can you can you can you explain that again? Like, what makes you think it might still be a good movie? Just one you didn't like? I it just like there are. I don't know. I feel like there are just movies or things like. W- sometimes you just see something and you just know that it's not necessarily for you. Mm. Maybe I don't even feel that way about this. Like I think that it wasn't not for me. I just don't think that it. It didn't connect with me at all, and maybe it connects with other people. And like I said, I think the content generally is good in the movie, like what they're talking about and the questions, but they just don't really go at them in a way that someone like us who we watch so many movies and we can like sort of tell when writers or directors sort of take that dive into characters, and it just didn't do that to me. But for example, Rogue One, I don't feel that way about it. It fucking sucks. (laughs) Um. Man, you, you've liked me. You've made me uh, like this one less in retrospect. I was thinking about going to I see. I feel it. bad because we kind of sometimes I've done that in the past. You know, since <laughs> we started doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it, it means you did it. I think it means you uh, watched it well. If you're, I mean, if if, if it's not like because like I, I mean, I, I don't think I'm being unreasonable. No, 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 no. You're not. Like it was just like I left it like feeling like this is a lot to take in. I might need to go see it again. I definitely didn't like it quite as much as I wanted to, but I still think I liked it. And it's now, now I'm at like the point where it's like, I think I might like parts, but like, I would hesitate to say, like, I thought it was a great movie and which is like where before I was just like, I think this is great, but like, I, I need to go see it again. Cause it felt like there was a lot of talky, 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 and I might not have yeah. totally absorbed every ounce of it, but you're, you're, this is a lot more fresher for you at this point, And you've reminded me of some stuff and, Definitely some things they could have done a little different with the screenplay for sure. Like if you just 
change up a few things. I do think it's a lot stronger on the whole for sure. Yeah, well, which is part of the problem, right? Because we like A24 so much and we generally like everybody that's in the movie. And I thought the new kid was really good. Um, and then it's just like – I, it's just one of those things where I hate it because I expect more from them and I expect it to be better in a way that is possible but that they just don't do it out of just uh, – who knows why. But So it's just like I'm like, OK, OK, OK. And then it's just like this shit for, continues. Fuck this. I hate it. Well, be careful when you're saying they in A24 and referring to this one because – uh, I guess this is, is more, it not an. It's not you know, an A24. It's, it's A24, but it's not like Moonlight. Like Moonlight, they like they 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 produce from the get go. They, they would sure. That's like one of the only ones they've done from this point. So yes, they looked at this one and they bought it because they really loved it. So it says something about their taste, but just the actual product of the movie wasn't a result of their decision making. Um, sure. Or just the fact that like it has their brand on it. They just distributed um, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I, mean, I think they might have not Like, I wonder. I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what like the next one they do from the beginning, like Moonlight is. But but yeah, like I I agree because like I see that I see that they're involved and um then I get like I got excited um and yeah I don't know like I'm, I mean one of my one of the ones I'm looking forward to next year though is another A24 one that has Elle Fanning, uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe may, may, maybe she'll redeem herself for you. And uh, I, I don't know, man. I mean, this movie, um, I didn't see Live by Night, but I know she's terrible in it. Uh, Neon Demon, no thank you. Oh, God, that's right. Uh, and then, I mean, we have to go far back for me to even care about a movie that she's been in. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll revisit this one. How to. How- <laughs> How to Talk to Girls at Parties comes out. Because I was excited about that Logan Lerman one. I mean, if in. this is any indication of that. Yeah, of well, there was that Logan Lerman one that I was excited about, and apparently that got shit on at Sundance. So, yeah, uh, yeah not, not, not looking great for her. At least like she's in this well-reviewed one. I'm still going I'm, I'm to go support her. Uh, I, uh, and, but, like, yeah, uh, A24 ha- has this other one coming out with her that um, – and then, but then they got they got some other cool stuff too coming out next year. They yeah. picked up that ghost story one with Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara from Sundance, um, which literally just like I don't. It's yeah. supposed to be like weird as fuck and about like a ghost that comes back and visits his wife, I guess. <laughs> and then the the Chance the Rapper uh, serial killer one, yeah. and then Free Fire that shoot him out one, shoot him up one in the yes. warehouse trailer gives away the movie don't watch the trailer I, I yeah well i don't i don't remember giving away like i knew it was about people shooting each other up in a warehouse and yeah, it feels like it gives it away don't watch it again i won't watch it again then it has brie larson and charlotta copley and jack rayner um i mean copley's the the, the goat so yeah so excited about that so i don't know like there might be redeemed i didn't like the monster either like i was another one that like people were like really excited about like a24 didn't really get a theatrical release had zoe kazan and um didn't love that either so still want to keep giving a24 my money because yeah like, for sure you need, need someone to put out movies like this but yeah like i think we're, we're we're you talk me you talk me down on uh 20th century woman unfortunately there's there's too there's too much else out right there now for me to go and give it my money again so um yeah it feels weird to say yeah. that at this point in the year but i guess well i don't know if there's that much else i need to see uh you got to go see some stuff you got you got you got some good stuff ahead of you still or I don't know. Maybe, I, I don't know because you maybe, said this was better maybe, than Lion and Silence. So. Oh yeah, God dang! I forgot I said that. <laughs> uh, now, now, now I don't think that. Now I don't think that anymore. <laughs> you changed my mind. No, Anthony asked me like, I, I need to see these three. Like, what should I see? And I told him like, 
I told him the I told him Lion in Silence because it's been longer since I've seen them. I I I don't want to like talk about it on the pod like six weeks later. But like I'm not gonna care if you just go see 20th Century Woman because I think it was my favorite of the three. And now, like the more I'm thinking about it, I'm just like, no. <laughs> now I'm just like not there because Anthony just made me like it less in retrospect. But like, I think like Lion is probably a more safer conventional movie and probably just yeah, that's... Like, harder to pick holes yeah. in it because it's just like traditional and whatever. Like Silence is like a beast. Like there's yeah. a lot of room. There's so much room in a movie that big to like not like stuff and like stuff. So I'm curious to see what you think about that one. Not yeah. going to see that one again, even to refresh my memory, because like <laughs> I got I got I got to live a life here, and I have a job now and stuff. Yeah, so it's like ugh. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, know. that's our take. If, if, um, if you like movies about like women talking about life and shit, and maybe and other people you. that aren't women, because it's not just about women at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's mostly about a fifteen-year-old kid. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I guess I would say. Give them your money <laughs> to support them, but just I I don't know <laughs> I don't know I'm not I'm not convinced I don't get this movie I don't get the hype but uh, anyway you can find me on social media at a clambake a k l a m b a k e I'm at Josh Chernovoy J O S H J U R N O V O Y podcast Twitter is fifty two in fifty two pod uh, podcast email fifty two in fifty two pod at gmail.com. Um, thank you for listening and we'll see you guys next time.